0: Hello and welcome to Maximal Fire. I'm Alex and I'm Johnny and here today we're going to ask has the plasma blast gun finally met its match? So Johnny, we've uh, it's been a few weeks since we last got together again. Um, uh, I think that we, unfortunately we recorded something a, a couple of weeks before Christmas, and uh, there were some terrible, terrible audio problems that we experienced. So we basically lost the entire episode, annoyingly. So here we are again. Anyway, it's New Year's Day today. Yeah. Um, new Year, new you, or is it New Year? Pretty much the same, Johnny.
1: Pretty much the same. I'm a, I'm a little bit delicate today, so uh, we'll have it's to delicate. we'll have to go easy. um, Okay. yeah, no, happy new year.
0: Happy new year to you as well. Um, Needless to say, lots of things planned for 2024. I think it's going to be very exciting. Hopefully lots of uh, Legion's content coming out of the channel. Um, But today we thought there has been quite a lot of um, content recently about Legion's Imperialis, and the game has obviously now been released, but it's in a kind of sort of awkward stage, let's just say, where there's not really enough content which has been released to kind of properly play the game. Um, there's there's also stocking issues. Um, but we're also obviously still trying to find our feet with the game itself and and learn it properly and get some test games in. And we want to make sure that when we bring you the content that it's not just kind of like off the cuff and it is like properly thought out and it comes from a place of tried and tested experience, um, so to speak, as best as you can from Maximal Fire. Um so we thought we would delve delve, delve 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 back into uh the world of Titanicus and interestingly enough as well, we have finally got the new Warhound weapon um what do you call them? Cards. Weapon cards. Cards. Yeah. yeah, the weapon cards. Um for Adeptus Titanicus. So these are the plastic weapons, the new plastic weapons which were and are currently only available in the uh, Legion's Imperialis starter set. So we thought, what better way than to come back with an episode? We'll look at those weapons, we'll take them to pieces, and we'll ask the question that everybody is asking, has the Plasma Blast Gun finally met its match, Um, or is it business as usual on the tournament scene? Um, And we thought we'd follow that up as well by um, rounding out kind of our... um, series of legio deep dives with um a a deep dive on the the legio tempestus reason for this we released a lore video last year which delved into the all of the background behind legio tempestus and we realized oh we've not actually done a deep dive on them yet and it's one of my own legios so like it's quite a bit surprising (laughs) because i own them i played them a lot i've won tournaments with them but yet for some reason i uh we haven't yet delved into the details so um, that is what we're going to do today.
1: Hell yeah. I'm ready.
0: You feel, how you feel? Is your body ready?
1: My body is not, um, but my mind's there almost. Your mind's so. there. Okay. We'll, we'll All see. right. Okay.
0: <laughs> Before we get into it, just a quick reminder, as always, please do leave us a like and subscribe on, um, I nearly said Facebook, but uh, yeah, sure. Like the Facebook page. Uh, on YouTube, we are closing in on the top ends of the, or uh, nearly at the 2K mark. Still, a few hundred off would be great to kind of like hit 2024 running with a nice boost to our subscriber numbers. Um, and if you're not already on the Discord, um, we are nearly at 2k, no, sorry, 1k members on Discord as well. So it's a highly active community. And if you are looking for Legions Imperialis or Adeptus Titanicus chat or ideas or advice, it's a perfect place to go. So, uh, head on over to our discount, all of that links in the description below. Um, and last bit of admin big patreon shout outs to our latest members want to say a big thank you very much to Craig Dolan Paul Tomlins Mcfloss Madman Miles Cheverton and Thomas Vavasour <clears throat> sorry Vavasour um thank you very much guys obviously we can't do this without you um shall we jump straight in
1: i think we should i think uh, yeah we're ready to go so let's I'll go let's, do
0: it. let's keep it Punchy to the point. Some really good things happened at the end of last year for AT. Um, and they were some really good quality of life improvements for the game. The main one was resin weapons becoming plastic. So your Ursus Claw, your Natrix Shock Lance, Volkite Eradicator, they all became plastic in the Legion's Imperialis box set. Mm-hmm. Um and they released Three new weapons in the form of the swarmer missiles, shudder missiles. Nearly no, forgot that for a second, and the incisor pattern melter lance. So three brand new weapons for warhounds. Three pre- um, previously forge world weapons uh, now in plastic. Obviously, the box separately is not available yet, but we think that that's probably just a question of time before they're available in their own box. And we saw a bit of a shift towards. Sort of long term, um, I guess. Like I say, quality of life for the AT range by the inclusion of terminals and weapon cards in some of the new eighty Titan boxes. And, what a um,
1: glorious day it is! Yeah, I, it, I, how amazing!
0: <laughs> the ones that you got in Forge World were, well, they were shit. Let's be honest; shit, like yeah. it was just, it was paper. Um, and if you even got them, because the Natrix shock lance and the Ursus claw didn't have any weapons, they were only available. I think they were only available in the Shadow and Iron supplement as a photocopiable page.
1: That's it, yeah. Um, and then the, did they eventually put it online to print?
0: Um... I, I've not checked, but I would hope no. so, because otherwise, no. how do you? I mean, you've got them at the uh, in all of the kind of um, Legio books now they have at the back of the tables they've got mm-hmm. some of them but they've now brought these to card which is great although it's not the kind of proper sort of board game quality card that you would get if you bought the little weapon card packs it's the same kind of um quality that you get in the warbreaker and the warmaster uh, kits so slightly thinner but still
1: <laughs> but not paper
0: <laughs> but not paper much better yeah and you don't have to cut them out yourself and mm. you know they're never misaligned and all that kind of stuff um, but i do stress that the weapon cards did not come in the legion's imperialist box set so anyone thinking you're going to get the weapon cards in there you're not it's a different game you're not going to get anything for 80 in the legion's imperialist starter set but warcom came to everybody's rescue and they've put up a downloadable pdf and i think pretty much every single um List provider like Tie Terminal and Battlescribe and all of those kind of people have now updated all of their um, rosters with the appropriate points and the skills, the skills, mm-hmm. the, the, the abilities and stats, the stats. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um. So big jump forward when everybody thought that the game was dead. Bang! In they come three new weapons. I'm really looking forward to Beachhead because I think that will be one of the first major tournaments which we will see these three new weapons Mm -hmm. um, in the flesh and i'm very interested to see how they perform but i have my opinions on them and we're going to talk about these today and i'm sure you have your opinions on them as well johnny but Mm -hmm. whether or not we are right or wrong i guess will be seen in the um, the fulcrum of uh, of battle at uh, beachhead um, in just over six weeks time Hello. so let' us start shall we with let's start with the missiles okay so the swarmer missiles um, were one of the first things which were um, announced obviously when they um, released the images of the missiles everyone thought oh they're going to be apox you know, like this mm-hmm. similar to sort of the what what do they call them? The arrays, the apocalypse missile launcher arrays on the shoulders of the Warmasters. Yeah. But no, they're completely different things, which is great because they were terrible.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> rubbish, rubbish little weapons. Um, but what it does mean as well is that things like um uh some of the upgrades and war gear which directly affects um apocalypse missile launchers, I think there's a is there an one for Ataris? the fiery thing, Mm -hmm. um, won't affect these. They are their own thing. They're self-contained, two different types of weapon. So the first one is Shudder. Sorry, the first one is Swarmer, and the second one is Shudder missiles. So let's start with the Swarmer missiles, shall we? So Swarmer missiles come in at 10 points. Um, They are a short range of 12 inches with a minus one to hit at 12 inches and below, with a long range of 40 inches, five dice, five dice, Strength four with rapid. <clears throat> and I'm just going to clear my cough there as a nice gentle pause. <laughs> that feels pretty good to me.
1: I love it. I really do. This is huge for your uh, long-range uh, mana pools or uh, your, um, your mixed mana pools, so like regia, right? Warlords and exactly warhounds that, yeah. always had the issue with uh, keeping you know keeping pace with each other, the warhounds have to slow down. The warlords have to speed up. This lets the warhounds advance slowly with the warlords and be in range to you know both share shields and you know shoot your opponent. Um, it's great. I love it. Um, it's a, a one less dice uh, long ranged uh, vulcan essentially.
0: I mean, the one thing it has lost over an APOC, of course, is Barrage. So it is yeah. a direct line-of-sight weapon, and you're, at best, going to be hitting on a 3-up. Mm. But I agree. I think that 5-dice, um, we're kind of used to that with APOC missiles anyway. Um, it's it it's kind of like a mixture between the Apocalypse Missile Launcher and the Vulcan Megabolter. And I can see that, like you say, in, in maniples like um, the Regia, for instance, you could then use the Warhounds as shield strippers, you know, you could even maybe have two of these because it's only for 200 points now, you've got an alternative to the double Vulcan Megabolter Warhound. You've got the double mm-hmm. Swarmer Missile Warhound.
1: I was going to say, they're so cheap as well. 10 points, you know, that's the yeah. uh, joint cheapest among a few Warhound weapon cards. So
0: I, I think that they had to be because... oh yeah. You know, I mean, if it was any more than 10 points, I don't think anybody would take it because your Vulcan Megabolter exists. Um, A little bit different on the Warhound chassis because they don't have an APOC, for instance, but it feels like a a nice halfway house uh, between the two of them. And I think that these are going to get a lot of play. But yeah, you you use those kind of in a regia for shield shield stripping and then your big guns of your, your Warlords can then, you know, make the holes like
1: they are for sure going into my tritonus <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i think that these good. are really good um i'm pretty sure that people like battle Blank have already start working started work on some of their own versions of these as well mm-hmm. so availability being a problem at the moment with the fact that you can only get them from the legion's imperialist starter box as of the time of recording um i can see them making good trade on these sort of things Big fan, big fan of mm-hmm. this. I think that this isn't going to be the right weapon for every list. I still think the Vulcan Mega Bolter perform perform better on a something like a Ferox, which is close up, for sure. Um, yeah. But, but as you say, if you've got like a back line um, Warhound, previously you were reliant on Turbo Laser destructors or the uh, conversion beamers, or well, they were the only real kind of long range options. Oh, and the the graviton. Mm. But you know, very low weapon, uh, very low dice count, and although pretty good, you know, the, the, the Turbo laser destructor has, has got its moments for shield stripping. You've got to push for that, yeah. which is On always Warhound. risky. God, I hate On a hate <laughs> and it's only two dice. So yeah. you know, at most you're only going to ship, um, you're going strip two shields. Um, mm. So I think, and, and uh, this is half the po- half the cost of a Turbo laser destructor. It's half the cost of a. Uh, graviton and it's 15 points cheaper than a sea beamer and although you're going to lo- use them for different things i can see double swarmer missile um warhounds being a thing harassing around the back lines you're going to have to push forward a little bit because 40 inches is not a full kind of width of the board table but it's i mean still... for
1: a warhound that's a turn right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a normal kind of move, move. forward you know maybe a yeah. push at, at, at most but
0: Di- diagonally maybe you're gonna struggle but like i think for the mm-hmm. most part 40 inches seems and feels like a, a really good good range for this so mm-hmm. big fan on the flip side of the card as well it's um disabled um on a nine as is all um warhound weapons and it's repaired on a three so you know good reliable it gets blown off you can repair it again fairly easily in the repair phase and when they're in that kind of three area, it's it's a good um, repair dice because how many times have you needed to make a choice between getting your reactor cooler or um, repairing a weapon? So yeah, right. now you've got an option with those threes that you inevitably roll on your two dice. Yeah, big fan. Mm,
1: I love it. I really do.
0: Shall we look at the Shudder missiles
1: next? Mm. <laughs>
0: So, mid-up missiles. No, thank you. 20 points.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Short range of 12, long range of 40. So exactly the same as a Swarmer missile. The difference being here is there is no negative to hit under 12 inches. Two dice. Strength six. Barrage and Quake. What's
1: your thoughts? Um, Who gives a shit? About the strength or the number of shots, the only thing that matters on that card is quake. I think this out of everything has the highest potential to be abused. Um, imagine, imagine going against you know a, a, a few warhounds equipped with uh, with these. Um, once your shield goes down, you are you're you're going to have your warlord in the middle of the board basically ballerina dancing in circles. Um, yeah. I, ooh, it scares me.
0: Let, let's be honest, right? This This is not a weapon that you're taking to do damage. No. It's, strength six is not great. You are literally taking this weapon purely to apply the quake effect. And most of the time, that is not going to do very much. Like certainly in the earlier round of the game, you're not going to do very much um, with that because shields will be up. You won't be able to get the hits on the, on the armor to apply the quake. But we've increasingly over the years seen quake as being a serious hindrance to your opponent's um, objective play. And there's also a, an element of removing player agency from that, which some people don't like, uh, but it is a very valid tactic. And when you are you know, full-on quaked, you're moving half speeds. It does make a big difference if you're trying to take objectives, which has become more and more popular. Well, more and more relevant in mm-hmm. um, match play. Now, I don't see these as being on every warlord for for that reason. You know, you you can't rely on these to do the damage. But this will go on a a warhound, maybe coupled with swarmer missiles as well, or maybe just a back end support <coughs> excuse me this blooming cough me here for 12 weeks now um but yeah um a long range support um warhound that you look to stick on first fire and the moment mm-hmm. somebody's shields go down in the combat phase you activate this you get your quake in and then that titan is potentially quaked for the next like two rounds
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it's 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 impacted um in the movement phase if they're on full stride they're impacted then in the um full stride uh, in the in the full stride phase and then they're impacted again correct me if i'm wrong in the following movement phase aren't they because it carry, that's why mm-hmm. you want to get the first fires off why Krytos can be so strong um so yeah it's i think this is going to open up and introduce a lot of new tactics which i'm very interested to see how that will go down at beachhead mm mm-hmm. mhm Where I can see this being particularly disgusting is in Kritos lists. Mm -hmm. Because Kritos have the Civilization's Ruin three-point stratagem, which means that you just have to hit hit with a weapon with Quake, and then they're Quaked. Doesn't matter if their shields are up or down or or whatever. Now...
1: A first turn. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's like the... um the multiple vortex all over again, isn't it? Just that first turn of absolute. Ugh. Well, they
0: don't even need to pay the war gear because obviously they've got the upgrade to their APOX, haven't they? Which gives the, gives APOX quake, reduces their dice count. Um, you know, like you saw it predominantly, like when we got Stu on to do that um, deep dive with us last year, mm-hmm. he talked through his list, like Corsairs with, um apox up top and stuff but that was that was a war gear upgrade for that you know Mm. if you've got a regia or you've got something like i don't know a mandatum or something which you know you maybe have a longer range um or even if you want to take uh, well i think the regia is the main one because you i think you can add add an extra warhound, a warlord can't you in the um Mm -hmm. Kritos regia um yeah, it's 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 another thing that can quake for for twenty points. So I think it balances well with the upgrade and the I forget how much the upgrade is. I've got the book in front of me, but like obviously apox are ten points, um, and then the the earthbreaker missiles are fifteen points. So it's five points cheaper to take shudder missiles on a warhound than the earthbreaker missiles on a krytos reaver this example. But yeah, this one repaired on a 4+, plus, um, which is you know slightly higher than the Swarm of Missiles, and I think that that's deservedly so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I say, I don't you, you ignore the strength entirely. Um, you're not here to apply the damage. Great if you get a hit in, awesome, but it's all about applying that Quake, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see how many of these we see um, come to Beachhead.
1: Mm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Shall we finish off this little se- this first segment um uh, with the incisor pattern melter lance? Hell yeah. So this was the one that everyone was kind of hoping would be the the real rival to the plasma blast gun. You know, finally having something a little bit different um which you know could could bring No wait. Anyway. A slightly different nuance to the ferox game for instance or something like that now um the only version of this that we got to go on so far has been the shoulder melter cannons from the um warmaster which i think were range 16 um strength 10 i think um and I think that's where every with fusion, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's where everyone was kind of thinking that these would go, but obviously not being exactly the same because they've got different names. At the end of the day, they're going to be different weapons, different names. Now, this comes in at twenty five points per weapon. It's got a short range of six. It's got a long range of ten, uh, and when you're over six inches, you are a on minus one to hit. Um, You then have two dice at strength nine, and it has fusion. No blast, like every other melter. This is a direct fire weapon, which does make it very... Yeah, like a, like a, exactly that, like a, for sealing up doors or Mm. cutting into them or something. Uh, Very, very big doors. Very big doors. (laughs) Very big doors. (laughs) Um and yeah, so I everyone, uh, I really wanted this to be a real Good. choice between mm. kind of taking this or spending the 30 points and in getting a Plasma Blast gun. And for me, it's not quite there.
1: No. Uh, I like it for the lack of Blast.
0: Yes, it makes it different and obviously you know and the other thing is. Targeting that has to,
1: huge. Absolutely and, huge.
0: Yeah, and no push Mm-mm. as well. I mean I, there isn't on other melter weapons, but I think that's that's a big thing because so mm. many Warhound weapons have got push and well, they generally don't get taken because of that factor.
1: I think this is a good warhound killer. Like this and a Vulcan Megabolter in a Ferox you not. you're going to have a very unhappy warhound getting hit by it
0: well let, let's be honest this this will kill anything mm. not just warhounds i mean it'll it'll decimate Nobody, warhounds
1: that's what i mean like it is it's you know <laughs> you know, it, i mean it punches equally and up
0: if if you are in a ferox and you are in the flank it's immediately strength 11 you know so it's immediately mm-hmm. a 13 if you roll a 2 on your d10 mhm um but this has a potential effective um, strength up to 19 basic, you know. Front facing. And yeah, uh, yeah, not in a Ferox. 19 will crit anything in the game.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: The only thing that I, I, I... I'm almost okay with the range as well. Like the 610 is kind of okay.
1: It's pretty rough, but it's okay.
0: It's, it's the minus one to hit over six mm. inches. I don't feel like it needs it. I feel like we would still be questioning it at 10 inches with no no bonuses to hit. Hmm. But the fact that it's nerfed over six inches again, it just, one of the best things about the plasma blast gun is that even if you miss, you might hit. True. And with two dice, hitting on fours over six inches, Mm -hmm. the real money for this is going to be made getting it into six inches yeah That shouldn't be a problem for most maniples. like this has to go in something which is screaming forwards at the you know full, full striding as early as possible. If you're a traitor player, you probably want to pop your two- inch extra um, unbridled hatred on that as well mm-hmm. and just get them up the board as quickly as possible, like full- on distraction carn effects. If you hit, it's going to hurt a lot. Yeah. if you hit
1: if you hit two shots is just That's a gamble um you know it's
0: in that kind of one to two hits it's mm-hmm. not a guarantee you know if there was three you know oh well at least two of those up, on average is going to go through
1: remind but me the base ballistic skill of a uh, warhound three, four three plus oh, it's three plus okay yeah <coughs> that's assuming perfect conditions you're in range no cover no
0: well, this is assuming the shields are down as well. And so
1: yeah.
0: for, for anything else, you know, you have to be within six inches of it mm-hmm. to get the fusion effect. Um, you have to be... Um, their shields have to be down to get it to hit on a three at six inches. Mm-hmm. If you are going under the shield, you're then on weapon skills. So unless you are in a Ferox, it's then a four plus. So it's even harder. And then it's really only one of those is going to hit. It'll punch a big hole, but I think mm-hmm. then, as you say, you need something else to really kind of capitalize on on bringing that down. I don't know if we like is is there room here is Is there a build which is a plasma blast gun and an incisor pattern melter lance? no what you use no. the blast no. No, you'd no. be pushing for 5s and sixes. I was thinking you?
1: of two melt, uh, two incisors, two multi lances. Just imagine 50 that. Fifty points. Just something just stripping the shields and just just four shots of that just would be grim.
0: The money here is in the Ferox.
1: Oh yeah, that's
0: where that's where the money is. Because otherwise, you are on a dicey kind of it the range is weird. Like it, if it was a minus one at long range and a plus one at short range. So there was Would kind of like, better. I think that that might've balanced it out as well. Mm. It's just something about it. It's just not quite there for me. Like I I need to see these on, and, and we haven't played with these at the moment yet. Of course no. we are still kind no, of, no. this is theory crafting based on everything else that we've seen in AT. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, in fab to see if some of these get brought and how they how they do. But mm. this, I think it's if you're gonna have that minus one, give it a plus one and really capitalise on that close range to give it you know a two plus to hit with a Ferox or a three plus to hit with everything else within two inches.
1: Yeah. Because. Uh, you know, yeah, it's hard, isn't it, right? Um I think two- could could a plus one at short range be abused? I feel like two plus be to
0: be hit is 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 pretty nasty. Let's grin. be honest, right? Because then you are
1: what you are four in cool shots. So whatever yeah. the reaver does in a um, in the Maniple, you just have the cool shot to finish off. You know the yeah. unshielded, potentially damaged. Titan I mean, reali- quite...
0: realistically, this is doing one critical hit to mm. a location
1: mm-hmm.
0: immediately. It's just straight up critical hit, potentially two.
1: Mhm.
0: But you've got quite a few dice to get through to to get to that. I like the fact it's not got um draining anywhere. I just don't think it needs that minus 1 to hit at long range like or or maybe they could have given it a 12 inch range. Just something a bit more or increased mm-hmm. its short range to 8 and its long range to 12 like There's so many things about this that I think that could have been Better to make it a true contender for the plasma blast gun, and you know, yes, it's got a higher absolute maximum, and yes, this will be a lot better against things like um, Porphyrians mm-hmm. where you are going to be getting that um, if you can get close to them. Of course, if they don't nuke you on the way in with their silly amount of shots, um, but it's it can crit a Porphyrian, which I think only the only the C beamer. On the Warhound can do, um, mm. otherwise it's a four plus to repair. Fine,
1: that's okay. Yeah, yeah, happy. Strong with that. weapon, slightly harder to repair.
0: Yeah, but not terrible. No, um, no. yeah, I, I still think. Unfortunately, the king is not dead. The plasma blast gun, Vulcan mega bolter combo is still going to see a lot of use. I the one thing I do think is maybe the the Vulcan now has got a a direct competitor for a different reason with the Swarmer.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um So maybe we'll see that meta change up slightly where we'll have Plasma Blast Gun Swarmer missiles for a slightly longer-ranged build. Mm. But, you know, I, I unfortunately, I think he is still very much on his pedestal. Um Every time I call one of these, though, on one of these deep dives that we do, like, I always get it wrong. Like, I thought the Sea Beamer was going to be immense. Oh, but then... Just- <laughs> well two dice again even at Mm. long range like um the problem that i had with the c beamer is it's just when it works it's great when it doesn't it's crap like it's there's no kind of yeah there's there's no average you Mm. can kind of rely on it's a bit swingy and you are not going to have any choice with with the melter lance other than to push 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 and if you know if they stop you getting a full stride or you fail on a full stride and you lose a turn, then I know what I would be targeting first, just because I don't want that thing getting close to me. Cause when no. it does and when it hits, it will hurt.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, for sure.
0: There you go. Let us know what you think in the comments, guys. Like, um, you know, this is two dudes on the internet, um, reading off of a sheet and like talking nonsense. So, like, have we missed something with either of these two? Are you gonna be taking any of these in your lists? Um how do you think these will um will play on the battlefield? And yeah, I think we should circle back on this in like two months' time after the dust has settled on Beachhead and the,
1: the post Beachhead uh yeah.
0: Yeah, well hopefully Matt'll run his um sort of meta watch. Mm article again for beachheads where he looks at everything that was taken and all of the weapons that were taken and you know uh we'll we'll get to see a, a few more stats um which is always good to see if you are interested in that kind of stuff if you go over to our website uh, www.maximalfire.com under the articles section there are a bunch of articles um related to meta at our events that we've run over the last couple of years so if you want to see what is everybody taking in the uk for maniples or chassis or weapons and that kind of stuff um so it can be a really interesting read if that floats your boat
1: i think this next section is uh it's very much your speciality here alex so um, yeah
0: speciality you know what you- I've played with them a few times. They are my second Legio. They yeah. are my. I've had a lot of fun with Ligio Tempestus, and I don't know how we kind of forgot to do a Ligio deep dive with them. But um, you'll I think find New all Year... the
1: files on your computer, and just go, "Oh, damn, we've we yeah. have done it, just <laughs> haven't published it."
0: <laughs> yeah, or even worse, like you know, we're at the point now we've done like thirty odd episodes. Mm um some of them are on youtube some of them aren't and we've just missed it somewhere along the lines i think the only time we've talked about these guys in the past has been Mm. in the um no we haven't actually because we haven't done uh, as everyone keeps reminding us we haven't done the traitor legios ranked episode yet yet. um it will come we'll try and get it done this year um no it it is gonna come we're sorry it's been a long time coming (laughs) we're gonna get it done um I have always liked Legio Tempestus just from a lore perspective. And if you want to find out more about the lore, then there is a video on our lore section um, related to Tempestus, one of the Triad pheromogulus the original Titan legions. And um, how it all kind of plays out for them over the course of the Horus Heresy is, is really interesting. And uh, I've always liked the fact that these guys could – easily be argued as being loyalists as much as being traitors. Like a big portion Mm. of them did turn traitor, but there was a real solid core of loyalist Tempestus, which unfortunately for the most part got completely eradicated on Mars, but still pockets of them kind of like about the galaxy.
1: Mm. Even in 40K, right? They're still around.
0: Well, Tempestus, yeah, they were later exonerated um, Mm. because of the, um, their actions during the Horus Heresy and the traitor version of Tempestus became Tempestor. So Tempestor. there was Tempestor. So there was oh. a split, a schism in the Legio. Um mm. so Tempestus being very much the loyalists and Tempestor being the the bad guys. And I was mm. super confused the first time I picked up the A T rulebook and went to the back and I was like they were talking about Tempestus being bad guys. I was like
1: What? What? <laughs> no 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 I've missed something here because
0: <laughs> it's very different, right? Yeah, forty yeah, sure. <clears throat> K So, we're going to go through this like we did the others. Um, if you've ever watched any of our other deep dives, if you haven't, scroll back through our previous histories uh, of episodes that we've released and and maybe check them out for yourself. We're going to start up with the traits, then we'll start talking about the um, the princeps abilities, and then lastly, we'll start talking about maniples, and we'll briefly touch on corruptions and things like that. So, without further ado, let us start with our first trait. Glory in Death. It is the creed of the Legio Tempestus crew that the manner of their death is as important as anything they do in life. Crews will fight on to the bitter end, obtaining firing solutions and stoking the reactor, even as their titan comes apart around them. Before making a Catastrophic Damage roll for a Legio Tempestus Titan, the controlling player may make a Command Check for the Titan. If the check is passed, the Titan may immediately make an attack with one of its weapons, chosen by the controlling player. If the check is passed by three or more, the Titan immediately attacks with all of its weapons instead. Subtract one from all hit rolls for attacks made in this way. After resolving any attacks, roll on the Catastrophic Damage table as normal. I really like... Um, this trait, and it's particularly better with larger titans. I, certainly, kind of Reaver scale upwards where you've got a command value of um, four, you know, and and obviously three for the um, for the bigger titans, the warlords. Your titans are going to die; it's just an inevitable fact um, of kind of like the way that games play out. Mm. It's very rare for you not to lose titans um, during a game. And this isn't so much as sort of like planning for failure because it's it's just an inevitable truth. <clears throat> now, you can't obviously get your Princeps abilities in here, so you're not getting a plus two like you would for orders or anything, but it's just basic command check allows you to fire one weapon. And the amount of times I played these guys and an enemy Titan has been like just so close to death <laughs> and I've not quite managed to fit uh, to finish him off being able to kind of then apply an an out-of-sequence attack against that Titan or against any other Titan is really strong. And especially kind of like if you're kind of looking at the... If you're quite close, for instance, when you've got a Reaver with a Gatling Blaster, you know, say under eight inches, where you're getting that plus one to hit for close range, you're basically attacking for normal. You're not on that minus one to hit. It's just a straight-up negative, so most of the time you'd be hitting on a four plus. And the amount of times that my Titan has been killed, I've passed my roll, I've then shot everything, uh, uh, even one weapon back, and I've killed that person's Titan as well. It kind of this chain reaction of events which just happen. And it is really not to be underestimated. And being able to, if you pass it by three, so a six or more for a Warlord or a seven or more for a um, Reaver or an eight or more for a a Warham, being able to fire everything is is immense now and, and again the bigger the actual titan the the better you know passing on a six plus with a warlord um and then being able to fire all three warlord weapons is obviously significantly better generally speaking than passing on an eight plus for a, a warhound and firing two weapons because when you lose a, a warlord it's a significant portion of your force which has just died and being able to get one last shot and unleash everything that that has got available to it is is really powerful and, and can be really, can be really really good. And then on top of that as well, you then roll on your catastrophic damage table. <clears throat> so things can happen like if you get a wildfire, for instance, you know, okay, less control, right? And it's, it's worse ballistic skill. But you shoot and then with a lucky roll or something, you end up pointing and shooting at the same thing again automatically as part of wildfire. So even more fire goes into them you know, and then it falls over. Like it's, it's really, really strong. There's also a really interesting, I, I've never been able to get it off, but in theory it's, it's always worked in my head. There is a Princeps ability, which I took because we rolled for them at um, uh,
1: greetings from greetings, the Walls.
0: Yeah. And um, one of my guys got, uh, I believe it's called iron will. Which um allows you to you roll when you' when you are to suffer um, catastrophic damage, if you can roll more than what you rolled on the catastrophic damage table, you don't suffer the catastrophic effect mm. so there's a situation which this is proper fringe, and you like whether or not you want to take that ability over some of the other ones which are arguably better, but you could die. Your titan could die. You do your glory and death attack where you get all of these off. Mm. You then roll on the catastrophic damage table. Say you roll a four. You then roll your iron will. So say you get a five. Your titan's still alive. So you've, you've fired your glory and death, but you've negated the catastrophic damage table to allow you to still stay alive. That's shit, that was
1: kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that.
0: The, the one time that that happens, it will be glorious, but it's oh, yeah. like proper fringe, proper mm. fringe stuff. But all the, all weekend when we were playing that, I was like, oh, just, just please, just <laughs> kill him. <laughs> Nobody killed that Princeps the whole game. Mm. And although it's nice for him not to die, I just really wanted to see if it was possible to get off. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you roll a mag that de- sorry, a catastrophic meltdown or something, you know, Tough shit, really. And yeah. then your Princeps Senioris ability has done nothing. But um yeah, I it it is not to be underestimated getting one free um attack or, or potentially one free attack or potentially multiple attacks in a round um before you die. I've this has won me games. Um mm. and although I wouldn't say that it is a S tier um ability, I still think it's it's very strong very very useful and is certainly one of the better um Legio abilities which is right there
1: hmm. yeah um on death abilities are always a mixed bag for me i feel a lot of the time it's um uh i think rewarding failure might be a bit dramatic but um definitely something you know negative has to happen for you to to benefit from it that being said um, out of sequence shooting is insane in Titanicus. Really, really good. Um so yeah, I think that kind of keeps it from being just a an on death ability that you don't, you know, you don't really want to rely on and make it more kind of like, okay, we can get some traction out of this. And as you said, you know, it's it's one new game. So you you can um if you have enough Titans going down, that's a quite a lot of extra shots throughout a game, you know? So
0: I, I played a game for, um, with Ben, uh, formerly of the podcast, um, mm. last year with this. It was one of his first back into playing AT again. And it was, I think it was one of the early games I played with Tempesta. I think we talked about it in a previous episode where basically I just, both of us just shot stuff and f- forgot entirely about the objectives. And <laughs> um, it, was, it was a silly fun game. But that was an, that exact scenario where he shot me. And things were looking really badly for me because I cool. was now ty- multiple t ty- I I think I was two Titans down at that point. He just was one-shotting things. But this Reaver was killed. I passed it by three. He immediately shot back and immediately tracked and killed the um, Titan that had just killed me. So it, it kind of swung the game again immediately, allowing me to kind of claw a little bit back for free, essentially, um, that I wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it seems... uh, It it is strong, for sure. Um, And like you said as well, stuff is going to die in AT. It's just the nature of the game. It's quite a a lethal game as the turns go on. So, next one. Mm -hmm.
0: Fury of the Machine. Princeps of the Legio Tempestus have ever been known for their wrath and zeal, both on the field of battle and away from it. And this trait has been passed on to their god engine's machine spirits through the technological sorcery of the Manifold. Once per round when firing a weapon, a Legio Tempestus Titan that has one or more points of critical damage may add one to the strength value of that weapon. The weapon must have a strength value of four or higher, and the strength value cannot be increased above ten. This can be used in conjunction with glory and death. So this is another one of those kind of things which you could say, you know, again, you are almost sort of banking on failure, on things dying, on taking crits, but an early crit that you take and don't really then they're not able to capitalize on it's actually as long as it's not kind of going to mess you up too bad mm. um it's actually quite useful if it was on the legs or somewhere like that where you know you're just going to turn a little bit um during your your phase being able to add plus one to one of your weapons strengths is um is pretty useful like you combine that with like um abilities in the ferox maniple um, mm. for an additional plus one for instance, if you're within your scale. Um, And those numbers can ramp up and up and up. And like I said, it can be used in conjunction with um, glory and death. So as long as you haven't used that ability already in the round, when you die, you can go, okay, well, my Gatling for this round um, is going to be strength six instead of strength five when he shoots at you, you know, or my... Melt and uh, no, they can't do melter because that would be strength 12, it's above strength 10. But what is an interesting nuance is on plasma weapons, so you can't increase the strength above 10, but the strength of a plasma weapon is eight, so you can increase the strength to nine from eight to nine, and then after that, the maximal fire effect kicks in, so you can go up to strength 11 with plasma weapons because. The maximal fire trait is not incorporated in the weapon strength. The weapon strength is what is on the card, and because Glory and Death is not one of these quote-unquote sort of automatic attacks, it is still a full attack. And we didn't mention this before, but you have complete player player agency over that attack, mm. unlike in, um, you know, Wildfire, where you just have to take it as is. You can still use your weapon traits. You can still call shots. You can do all of that as normal. You're just suffering a minus one to hit. So being able to push that damage on certain big weapons up by one, very, very useful. And although this is to to me kind of like a a bit of a a cherry on on the top, and this just makes that glory and death thing just that little bit more potent.
1: Yeah. Same as before, right? You know, it is a... uh requiring uh, a failure a negative to activate um, uh, my <laughs> my biggest issue I think with it would be the uh, remembering to actually activate it <laughs> yeah that, that's that's um, the big one especially to activate if you're, it and, yeah
0: if, if you're not dead mm-hmm. remembering to use it is a, is a big one yeah. Um, if you're dead, then you should definitely remember to use it because you've definitely taken criticals at that point. But like I say, it's those stealth crits that you have here and there. Sometimes it's worth not repairing that um, that point of critical if if your Titan can manage it. Like a Reactor One, for instance, um, Reactor Leak One on a Warlord could probably tank that one. Yeah. Especially if it was like a a brawling a non-training. Sector. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and then to be able to make it a strength eleven, um, Sun Fury, for instance, is mm. is pretty pretty nice. Um, yeah, it's it's a good little trait. Like it a lot. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Next up, we get onto the stratagems. Combat drop three points. The epitaph of the stormlords matched the Legio Tempestus's practice of orbital dropping Titans directly into the thick of the fighting. A tactic few other Titan legions would countenance. This stratagem can be purchased by any Legio Tempestus player. Play this stratagem at the start of the deployment, before any units have been placed on the battlefield. Choose a friendly Legio Tempestus Titan of scale 7 or lower to be kept in reserve. That unit is not deployed as normal, and instead will arrive by combat drop. At the start of any strategy phase from the second round onwards, the chosen Titan is deployed by combat drop. Place the Titan unit anywhere on the battlefield more than 3 inches away from an enemy unit, then scatter the Titan d6 inches. If the Titan scatters into a piece of terrain, it stops before moving into it and suffers d3 plus 2, strength 9 hits. Void shield saves are allowed. If after it scatters, the Titan's base overlaps with another model, friend or foe, with a scale lower than the Titan's, move the Titan the shortest distance so its base is not overlapping, then resolve the effects of a collision. If the Titan's base overlaps that of a unit with a scale equal to or greater than its own, the Titan is destroyed. Do not roll on the catastrophic damage table. The unit it overlapped with suffers a collision as normal. A Titan that arrives in this way cannot be activated in the strategy or movement phase in the round it arrived.
1: So, what does it do? <laughs> Deep strike. <laughs> yeah. Deep
0: strike a Titan.
1: Jesus, That's war and peace.
0: Yeah, a bit of a mouthful to yeah. really get around. Um. The interesting thing about this one is it says Scale 7. Now, we know that there is no Scale 7 Titan out there at the moment So, yet. yet. So this may be something that is put in place later on, which would be good. But really what you're looking at here is you are deep-striking direwolves or you are deep-striking warhounds. Scale 6. Now, the only thing which is not going to... Immediately remove the Titan, if you land on it, is going to be knights who are going to take a collision. Every other Titan, if you end up with your base overlapping um, another Titan, that Titan is dead. It is gone. Saying that, I have never been in a situation where that has happened to me. Um, You just need to be a bit savvy about where you're placing your Titan. It's an expensive strat at three points however it's one that is every single time in my um in my list uh, in my stratagem hand uh it is kind of like for me i feel like it is a better out flank um from that you know you can basically you know put it anywhere on the board really mm-hmm. and you don't have to declare where that is until you need it so you don't have to go oh they're coming on from that side or that side And although it is expensive at three, like it has, you know, scored me objectives, like salt the earth where you've got to get really, really close to an objective. I've used this in conjunction with a um, concealment barrage and dropped Mm. him in the concealment barrage. Um, And because it's in the strategy phase, you can deploy it first and then you can put the concealment barrage on top of it. You don't have to do hope that you land in there because it's only scattering D six on a hit. It doesn't move. It just stays where it is. So you've got a one in three chance of it going exactly where you want it to be. And the other two times, you just need to make sure that you're six inches away from another unit and you're, you're laughing getting objectives. It's is its main advantage. However, throwing a cat amongst the pigeons in the back lines is <laughs> it is can be really, really funny and satisfying, and um, it'll immediately put your opponents on the back foot. Hmm. <clears throat> it is... Um...
1: Combined with the new uh, incisor pattern, if you started bullying a um, Warbringer? Or Warbreaker? I always get confused with Battleblings. Um...
0: Oh, the Warbreaker. Yeah, the big yeah. boy.
1: Yeah, the so big the Warbringer, the artillery one, if you had a um, yeah, an incisor, melter, warhound... Bullying that in the back line yep. From a successful it, drop.
0: A, another thing I've toyed with and never actually done, but what I've played around with is deep stroke striking a neutron dial uh, direwolf. Ooh. And you, you know, if you end up getting that behind, say, a warlord, mm. for instance, in the rear, increasing its strength to what is it? Basic is it seven? Basic. Oh, I seven? want to say seven. Yeah. Um, you know, t- to nine. You know, that mm. shock is going to be, you know, you, you're going to be causing a shutdown. Um is it here? Put the I've got the cards next to me. No, let me have a... I don't think they actually bothered putting the Dire wolf, um weapons in the um
1: No, I didn't bring it though.
0: I haven't got the latest book in front of me, I've only got the traitor mm. one. But uh, but yeah, so it can be great, you know, and coupled with um a Ferox, for instance, usually where I use it, you're charging your guys up in the front. Um, they're, they're focused on that if you can get a guy in the back line as well harassing them from behind finishing them off or what have you it can be very very useful It's think of it as as outflank but with a lot more options and mm-hmm. you could immediately deploy it on a um, objective for instance just deep strike, straight down take an objective not to be um, not to be ignored you are obviously at a activation disadvantage until mm-hmm. You know, that comes in. But it's not one that you'll necessarily want to use every single time. Um but having it in a strat hand as an option is very, very useful. I wouldn't use this if I was coming across knights, for instance, because you just need to bully the knights as much as you can with as much firepower mm-hmm. as you can and static rain from would range. go in. Yeah. From <laughs> range. I, you know, static rain would be my be my three pointer yeah. in there rather than um combat drop. But <clears throat> it is still a very nice one to have um, up your sleeve, especially if you're up against bigger Titans than you and you need to try and get in behind them because, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it can be very, very nasty indeed. Um, Obviously, you are telegraphing where you are, though. That's that's one of the main things with it happening in the strategy phase. They know that you are there and they can react to you in the movement phase, um, which is why sometimes, like I say, a concealment barrage can be very very handy because you know you if you bring it down turn two you sacrifice that movement on and, and shooting on turn two. Um although if you equip them with shudder missiles of course they could now barrage out of the uh, um, concealment barrage. Very true. Um but yeah um it can then act as normal in its um um following phase. So mm-hmm. yeah very 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 good
1: yeah a lot a lot of c p but it's it's strong you know yeah. i mean if you're combining it with then Concealment barrage as well you are you're hedging on this this trick fig, you know working out uh, it's a lot of c p to spend on a on a maneuver so you better be sure that you're you're putting them in the in the right location
0: yeah um, i mean most of the time it's four out of five right which is mm. a lot
1: mm-hmm. exactly
0: um but worth it in some situations. Yeah, that's sure. that. That's how I scored Salt the Earth in the earliest phases um, at events. I think it was at Dougie's uh, Swansea event. I took them, mm. and uh, I played against um, Ollie um, with the um, Axe, mm-hmm. and uh, that was how I was able to take his objective for uh, a combination of obfuscation caused by concealment barrage, and also um, the deep strike, and that ultimately won me the game because it got me the twenty-five points, which was you know the important thing, mm. right? Last piece of war gear, well first piece of war gear, last piece of traits. Casmata Pattern Laser Destructors. The Legio Tempestus displayed a heavy preference for their use of modified laser weaponry that provided greater range than the base patterns. Any Legio Tempestus Titan that is equipped with a turbo laser destructor, paired turbo laser destructor, paired laser blaster, or laser blaster can be upgraded with Casmata Pattern Laser Destructors at the cost of five times the dice value of the weapon, e.g. Paired laser blasters would be plus 30 points. Each weapon a Titan is armed with must be upgraded separately. A weapon with this upgrade increases its short-range characteristics by 6 inches and its long-range characteristic by 3. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of lasers. I think that their strength is a bit too low at 8, but they can be fine. Um, I prefer... Laser blasters over turbo laser destructors, purely because you've got more dice. Three dice, you know, is kind of in that area where you can fish for um, targeted shots and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Turbo laser destructor is definitely probably one of my my personal lowest rated weapons. Yeah, you can get on a warhound. They're just they it's just not good at anything really.
0: No, and this doesn't really add anything, in my opinion, to um, the turbo laser destructor hmm. because the turbo laser destructor has got a really long range, um, and it has no benefit to being in short range no, or long range, and no negative to being in short range or long range. All you're doing is increasing that long range effectively up by three inches, uh, which is would take it to oh, I can never remember if it's 40, is it 42? Uh, 32. Uh, yeah. So it would take it up to, um, 35 inches of range, which yeah. is...
1: Great. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> Those an extra three, three inches. inches. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. The blaster, however, is a minus one to hit over 16 inches. Now, increasing a laser blaster's short range profile from 16 inches to 22 inches is actually con- considerably better because most combat takes place in that 20 inch sort of range so hmm. you are negating a minus 1 against that however it's quite expensive a laser blaster would be the equivalent of oh it's 25 points base okay, checks the book again i think it's 25 points base plus 15 um you know you're talking 40 points for mm-hmm. um a laser blaster which is kind of you know, a middling weapon at best. It's more expensive than a, a melter at that point, which is only slightly shorter range. It's you know, fifteen points more expensive than a volcano cannon. Mm. Which has got higher strength. And if you miss, it still scatters. So this isn't one I use very often, and often it's only one that I use if I've got points to spare. Where I think these are best applied is possibly on warbringers where you have a long range standing at the back type titan um and you want to be able to just give it a little bit more firepower because often i find they they unless they really press on you you're you're playing over 30, over um you know 16 inches with those things so having a you know straight up 3 plus up to 22 inches on those is is pretty pretty good and can Double in well with a melter gun or something like that, but other than that, I don't really take these very often. It all comes down to you know what weapons you like playing with. I don't particularly like playing with um, lasers. I think that outside of a Gryphonicus or um, a uh, Venator Reaver Extergamus, mm. or just a general Extergamus with you know one of those up top. It's just not really kind of um it is, I, don't, I don't feel like it's worth taking them it's um if you're able to pump them to strength ten, they can become pretty terrifying, and that's where I think that they will really kind of excel so if you took these on an extergamus on a paired laser blasters up top, you know and especially with carapace weapons where you know a, a, a warlord's got a ten inch dead zone in front of it, you know that would normally be with laser blasts you've only got six inches of optimal range in front of you from 10 to 16 inches where you're not suffering a minus one to hit, which is pretty poor, but you slap on Casmas laser destructors and then that goes up to 22 inches and you've got a whole 12-inch range at that point, which is, is really good, and Strath 10. So not really a war gear that I use very often, but um, it certainly has its uses, and depending on your playstyle and the maniples that you're taking, it can be very good.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, don't like lasers. Mid, move on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mid. Okay, on to the the personal traits. Adamantium Resolve. The Princeps' will is unbreakable, a fact proven on dozens of battlefields over decades of war. Once per battle, when the Princeps fails a command check, they may instead choose to pass it. So, sounds on the face of it a little bit like Ironclad Tyrant, where you can Mm. re-roll your um orders but this is command check so something like this is is all right if you are expecting it to die right because if you're expecting it to die and you want to guarantee getting off the glory and death yes right you can use it Mm -hmm. however you may well pass that role anyway in which case you've wasted a um um your personal traits slot if it was once per turn mm. i think it would be significantly better and uh, but i don't really think that there is enough play in this situation to warrant it like the main benefit here is it's a command check so it could be on machine spirit um failures or it could be on glory and death failures or anything else mm. Which, you know, is, is a commands check.
1: I mean I guess you can have it in your in your back pocket for the game and then if by the end of the game or you know, if by when this Titan gets destroyed, you've still got it um, you know still got it available. Perfect. Now you can use it.
0: I yeah, but, I just I just don't I think there's more <sighs> there's more distance and more mileage in other things. Yeah. Um, for something that I don't like taking traits personally that you may never need, or mm-hmm. you may never get to use, or the circumstances may not come up that allows them to trigger. Um, and like I say, or taking this one, knowing that you're going to get glory and death off, great, but then you inevitably then pass it by three plus because all this would do was be allow you to pass it, mm. so you'd only be firing one weapon at that point.
1: Yeah, and also, Rather- it's probably going to be on a warlord as well. Um, so you know
0: depending on your mana pool but yeah 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 probably
1: yeah. though let's be real if you're really leaning into the switch if you're taking a trait for it as well as the other stuff you're yeah. you're leaning into it quite heavily you know um so yeah when you're going to fail like come on check with, with warlord
0: yeah so some play i guess but pretty average yeah. um there's there's other things which in my opinion do better than this mm-hmm. uh, next up stormborn Stormborn. On the battlefield, the Princeps is a deadly tempest, tearing into the heart of the foe and scattering any who stand against them. While the Princeps Senioris is on the battlefield, Titan within the same maniple, including the Princeps Senioris Titan, issued with a charge order may declare power to locomotors without pushing its reactor. Pretty good. I quite like that one. Um, Mm. I can't say that I've ever taken it, um, just because of of the maniples I've taken in the past, but if you were on a full Ferox or a Corsair or something like that, which was very much leaning into a um, you know a melee or close range list, um, being able to um, get a free push for movement is pretty good. Mm. Um, and it's any tit- Titan that's issued that charge order in the Maniple as well. So it's, you know, and every round, you know, as long as he's on the battlefield. So I, I think that that's quite good, and with the right maniple, um getting that bonus, you know that that push, without worrying about failing, it's just one less dice roll to mm-hmm. get off, and you know that okay, well my corsair there, they're, they're going to be moving nine inches as long as I get the um, charge order off, and if you've you know doubled down on things like overwhelming rage or something like that, if you corrupted your titan, then you know that you're getting then a a bonus. Um, yeah, the automatic charge order off. Um, or if you have doubled up with um, what's the stratagem? The traitor stratagem is it bloodthirst, which Uh, allows you the bloodlust. Bloodlust. gives you a bonus to. Is it? Is it? Is that one that you you get it for free, or it's a plus two or something? It's been a while since Mm -hmm. I've used that one. um...
1: It is. Uh he's gonna find it first. Dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, Warlust. Like that. No, that's
0: the War, um No that's the other one. But that's that's yeah. still quite good. That's the one that adds two to their boosted speed. Hmm. So bloodlust, um sorry, Warlust works well um alongside um the other one. <laughs>
1: <Where is laughs> the it? other one. Whatever it's called, it's gonna you are gonna absolutely kick it. Bloodthirst, yeah. Bloodthirst, yeah.
0: Um right. add it adds okay. um two to any hit rolls made against um, Titan's enemies within two inches of them and adds mm-hmm. two to their command check when attempted to issue a charge order. So, you know, that coupled with Warlust, for instance, where you're getting plus two when um, they... Um, on their boosted speed and um, in addition to the plus two on the full stride, obviously they want to charge here, but this is one of those situations where I often take Warlust just for the extra two inches of movement, not for the two um, additional bonus to full striding. It can be useful to get other things up. If you yeah. pop that on on a turn, if you're taking them as traitor, and you pop that on a turn, you've got some, a, a reaver who wants to charge. Well, he's getting his. He's on charge order because um, he's passed or whatever. You've or done something else. He's on um, nine inch basic um, because of the free push. You're then getting two inches to 11 inches for the um, Warlust. And then you could slap on Unbridled Hatred for an additional two inches on top of that as well, which takes them up to 13 inch um, charge range, which gives them a 15 inch threat range. Um, you know, that is, say, three dice for a um, Chain Fist and an additional four dice for the 12 inches um, that they potentially moved. Hmm. So. I like that. It also means that they can reserve their um, reactor for if they're shot at or anything else that they might need to do. Like perhaps they need to make a three turns before they charge or something because somebody's got behind them. Or you know, you can yeah. use it for other things. I like it. I think mm. in some maniples it works really well. I've not, like I say, I've not personally taken it, but that's because I've been trying to not take Ferox maniples because. I've taken so many of those. My Tempestus I've been using and running slightly differently for the most part. Defiant Warrior. Death holds no fear for the Princeps, and in the face of insurmountable odds, they will fight that much harder. If the Princeps Senioris' Titan has a void shield level of X, it may reroll any hit rolls of 1 when making an attack. Um, I, this is okay. Yeah. Um, You know, your shields are probably going to go down. Um... Where this does stack nicely is back in with that glory and death. Yeah. Because chances are you are going to have lost your shields and you're going to be on a minus one to hit because of the um, glory and death and then being able to um, reroll ones. Um, on top of that, is is really really nice. Hmm. So again, it's. I think this out um, is is definitely if you are going to lean into Glory and Death, this is more useful than Adamantium Resolve, uh, the first one that we talked about. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't generally don't like kind of running on the basis of oh my, I am going to assume that my shields are going to go down. And again, it's another thing you need to remember. Oh yeah, his shields are down. I am now I am rerolling ones. It's another thing to think about. But that tied in with glory and death with the plus one to your strength means that if and when he does die, he's he's gonna make a mess of things. Oh, um, sure. And like if you are taking those sort of primaries and secondaries where you've got to keep them alive and your opponent knows that you're trying to keep them alive, you know, it'd be a good one to to kind of use because they're gonna be gunning for your princeps because they know um what you've got. Whether or not I would take this as my single, if I had one, um, Princeps, if I would purely take this, I might. yeah, I might do. Um, especially if it was in something like a, a bigger maniple and it was a you know big guy, yeah. um, like a warlord. Um, so a real mixed bag, I think, the personal traits. I think um, Defiant Warrior is the standout for me. Um, I do like Stormborn as well in some lists um there's definitely options of play within the Tempestus personal traits um it just so happens that every time i end up going to a tournament or something like that we often you kind of rely on the same old things tried and trusted which you know are going to work every single time so my list that i took were um predominantly um I, i i took a mandatum and a a minimum mandata, minimum ferox, I think. So the last tournament I did, I did something completely I think at greetings I took a minimum Arcus, minimum Yeah, some weird perpetua, I think yeah. it was, just to try it out. Um but in that situation there, I often have a volcano cannon on my warlord. So I tend to favor something like favored by fortune on on them, those single dice rolls so I can get a reroll if and when I need it with the Bellicosa. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely some play depending on your list within these, there's some nice ones. There's nothing in here, which is kind of Gryphonicus's um, reckless maverick levels of like awesome. Um, but they are generally okay. There's, there's Tempestus is one of those ones where I think it's got some good traits and it's got some good, um, personal traits as well, because often the ones which have got really, really strong traits have got pretty rubbish, um, personal traits, so it's nice to see that um there's a bit of a balance in here. Like I don't think that they Tempestus have got overtly OP traits. Like nice. there's no civilization's ruin in there, right? Nice. Or offensive surge, but there is other good things in here. I think these are a nice kind of balanced Legio, and that's why I've always enjoyed um playing them. I also play them loyalists more often than not. Um which means I haven't played them a lot as as traitors and they work really well as either, certainly from a fluff perspective as well as a um um just ability perspective. Mm. One of the main reasons that I take Legio Tempestus as loyalist in tournaments is I think that the way the meta is at the moment, unbridled hatred um isn't as useful as it used to be compared to um adaptive tactics. Um, and some people would be like, what the hell are you talking about? I think since the introduction of the Direwolf, Adaptive Tactics has become much stronger because it allows you to change an order um, in at, at the end of the um, damage control phase. So if you are shut down by a Neutron Laser, you can go, and Adaptive Tactics, and he's back on a something else. So you'll mm. still have lost all oh, your shields. you'll shut down you, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well you can yeah yeah you can change it right you yeah, can change it yeah. yourself to what you know it's not like sabotage where you're rolling no, but, no um you can um you'll have lost your shields which is one of the main things that hurts with shutdown but um you can also guarantee uh that you're not losing a whole turn of firing which in some of the heavier maniples can be quite painful mm-hmm. um i also like long retreat um i and there's just there's all comes down to your play style, I guess, at the end of the day. I think that the Loyalists have got more abilities which are a bit more kind of adaptive, whereas the um, Traitors are very much overt, get up the table, get in your face, much more aggressive um, ones. But, you know, Great Crusade Titans um, for Loyalists is is an incredible... Um, stratagem to play for two points um, for any Legio that's going to be charging. Mm. Two additional dice on the charge, you know, bonus to um, the, to get the charge order off. It's very, very useful. So, although you can play them as traitors, they work equally well um, for Warlords, and they are, if you want to dabble with both, and you know, they are a good Legio to try it out with. And And similarly for the Corruptions as well, there's nothing in the corruptions which particularly lean into any of the traits you can do more or less whatever you want with them so if you wanted to do a ferox then you know your organic protrusions and your overwhelming rages and all of that kind of stuff is very very useful um there is literally you aren't leaning into anything strongly which means that the corruptions aren't kind of as powerful as they might be for really doubling mm. down on soaking up damage for say more Daxis or someone like that but it means that they're very very flexible and that's what I like about Tempestus they they are a Traitor Legio which still feels a bit more flexible like you see more on the Loyalist Legio abilities more mm-hmm. so than you see on the Traitor Legios um, and then last but least maniples again really really flexible you can pretty much take anything with these um, I've run, what have I run? Mandatum, Ferox, Arcus, Perpetua, um, Corsair. Like there's not one that kind of is better than another. Um, I would say probably not like your light maniples, like Lupercals. I think you want to be kind of looking more at getting at least one Warlord in there somewhere, which is why I quite like the Mandatum. Um, four Warhounds and a, um, a Warlord. However, to get the most out of their abilities, you want at least a, a handful of Warhounds for the combat drop. So you need to be able to sacrifice one to go in there. And I would usually put one of my, if I took a Ferox, one of the Ferox Warhounds would be the first thing to go in the combat drop because they're immediately going to be close. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also got, um, I hadn't make any notes on this, as, um, actually, unfortunately, but they've got a, um, is it Mantellum Fullman? Is that the right? Um, or is he just one of my named guys? There is a Titan of Legion, a, a Titan of Legend um, for um, Tempestus. He is a Warhound. Um, his main ability is that you can first fire every weapon rather than just one. All right. I think with the new weapons, maybe yeah, we'll swarm with on the missiles. Yeah, that's
1: pretty you fun. Know.
0: Yeah, Double um, swarmers. But I've, I've not really used him for that Um, I know a lot of events currently ban um, Titans of Legend predominantly because some of the ones which you can really abuse things like um, Bellator Mango as uh, the community has started calling him (laughs) Bellend Mango Um, and um, Hammer of Tyrants which can be pretty sick Um, and also what's the Ibn Farouk for um, Furians but yeah, I think that's um, about sort of sums up Lj Tempestus. Really, I've really enjoyed playing them. They've got a great color scheme as well, which really appeals to me. They look pretty on the on the on the board. Um, really fun Lj to play, and and really, it, it's really good for doing anything with. Hmm. Any last thoughts on that, Johnny?
1: Um, yeah, I, I I quite like them. Like them. Um, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, of on-death abilities, as I have said, or um, on the negative effect. Um, but, you know, as you've said, that's kind of a thing that all Titan Legios are going to be affected by. So, you know, they're a good all-rounder because their bonuses can are going to happen no matter what playstyle you play, right? You're going to lose Titans no matter if you run a Ferox or a Mandatum or, you know, you're going to be losing Titans. So, yeah, there is a oh. use for their rules every game.
0: Unless you're very lucky and nobody kills you,
1: in that case, then what you you complaining about, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll happily
0: keep all of my titans on the board, unless it's one of those games where, like, you've um, you're trying to kill each other, but Mm. both of you are failing. Yeah, those (laughs) those are frustrating. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, let us know what your thoughts are in the comments. Like, have you played Legion Tempestus? Um, Do you have one yourself? Have you come across them? Would you play them as loyalists, or do you play them as um, as traitor? I'm always interested to uh, to hear what you guys have got to say. Um, and with that done, Johnny, I think it's time for us to take a very short break, and um, yeah. we'll come back and we'll talk chill-out hobby shenanigans and uh, a couple of events that we've got uh, in the pipeline. Hell yeah. Welcome back, Johnny. We are all stretched. We've done our lunges, uh, mm-hmm. ready to close out the the podcast with uh, our latest news and and updates. What yeah. have you been up to over over Christmas? I mean, obviously, like we've been really busy with all of that. Have you managed to get any hobby in while you've been? Um,
1: um, yeah, busy yeah. Packing and wrapping. Yeah, it's been a bit of a busy few weeks, hasn't it? Um, got a little bit of hobby done, a bit of event plan- planning done as well. Um, Mostly though, uh non legions slash Adeptus Titanicus. Although I have started corrupting uh one of the warhounds from the LI box for my uh for my new vulper list that I'm gonna run that isn't complete a complete meme. And there will still be melee reavers in there, but we're also gonna have some nasty little uh warhounds. It's hounds. There's cool call corruption, um where like the the faceplate of the warhound is like splitting open. And a big eyeball is emerging from it, and then I'm gonna do the eyeball all nice. you know, resident evilly, like the uh, like the other ones are done. Um so yeah, gonna have it like it scanning and searching the streets almost as this like horrible corrupted monster. God, I love Traitor Titans. <laughs> Give me some green stuff and a lot of paint, and I'm I'm happy.
0: It didn't take you long, did it, to come crawling mm-hmm. back to Vulpa.
1: I know. I just yeah, I don't know. With those uh melter uh, uh incisor melter pattern gun thingies. Um I feel like they could be quite a lot of fun. Um we'll see how it goes either way. But yeah. Yeah we'll see. We'll see.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've been um desperately trying to kind of get my um my legion's Imperialis Imperial Fists done. And um I think one of the mistakes maybe that I made maybe not mistakes, but I can't paint them on the actual base. So I've been, I've been painting them in on little cocktail sticks. So put them in cocktail sticks and then, you know, you can paint them on the sprue, but I I find this personally a little bit easier. Um, But because of that, you end up without having any units to play with because, like, they're stuck on cocktail sticks until they're actually painted. So I've been t- trying to get through as quickly as possible with, with, with them. There's just so much infantry to paint, like, and it's, okay, that's 30 points. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, that took me two hours. Yeah. I'm sure I'm I'm taking far too long to paint them, but uh, the I, I can't quite get fully past the perfectionist in me to make them look as good as I possibly can at this scale.
1: I feel the pain. I think we have to embrace the suck and just just, yeah. just get on with it. Just do it, you know? Um, yeah. I think, just yeah, I feel like my marine quality level is going to go
0: <sighs>
1: real quick. Um, you know,
0: when I worked at GW, they said faces and bases. Mm-hmm. So I think we've both focused a lot of effort on making the bases look decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, at that scale, you can't really see much in the way of the detail of the model and I'm quite pleased how they're coming together. It's just coming together a bit slower than I would have liked. And I with... think
1: once they're all together, you know, all all on you know on a board together, those individual marines, you're not going to be, you know, picking them up and yeah. inspecting them. Um just they'll look good as a piece of force.
0: Yeah. I was just hoping to have more done. I, we've we've an a we've got our learn to play event at Entoyment on the thirteenth of January, which is in two weeks' time. So that is my Goal is to get, um, we're doing 1750 because frankly, there's not enough out there to really be looking at larger games at this point in time. Um, but my goal is to get all of the infantry done so I can get them onto their bases. And then it doesn't really matter if my, um, tanks aren't painted because they are physical standalone. They're all, you know, glued together. So it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can use Titans from my other Legios, um, rather than the new ones, um, as an example. But um I am really enjoying painting them. It's just very, very different and the um perfectionist in me is struggling a little bit. But um yeah. it's um the contrast is going a long way. Um contrast works really, really well. And uh hmm. yeah, I'm I've already those. got plans for the next Legion.
1: Nice. Where are you going?
0: Legion, I should say. Um, oh, I was so say, yeah. um I think what I'm gonna do is I am going to do a, a formation of um White Scars. As as I talked about last year, I found a way to paint White Scars at this scale you know, pretty well and like I'm, that I'm happy with. Um, and I've got the Xiphons, the three Xiphons, and the um, Thunderhawk already painted up, so I'm thinking I will do an Aerial Assault um, formation yeah. with those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, just as kind of like a, a little mini formation to mm-hmm. kind of go on the side, and then, then the Imperial fist will be the main one. And then, you know, when jet bikes come out and all that sort of stuff, I'll add those to the um, the white scars instead. Um, but yeah, they, they, it's, the lack of uh, Legion's releases has been the big problem at the moment. I know, obviously, stuff has slowed down with Christmas and stuff, but they haven't, I think they've just started to restock some of the Legion stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But they've, um, you know, they want 3,000 points and they've just put up an event um 70 quid for 2 days at Warhammer World on the when is it again um oh, i had it it was in um it's in april i can't remember mm. the exact date in april um and i really kind of quite fancied going to that and you know i might i know i can't cuz i've got a gig with my band on that night so i can't go um but um, you know they want three thousand points, and that's only four months away, unless they really step up
1: start their releases, stuff mm-hmm.
0: which I am not sure if I am going if I can see that happening because they've just announced the old world dropping next weekend. So, yeah, that's going to take up quite a bit of their time. It's on the twenty um, seventh uh, and twenty eighth of April, so you know quite far into April, so nearly five months, but. Um there's so much on their release schedule that they've announced back in April, August that they've not got out yet. We've got no new direwolves, we've got no none of the um what they call like this the siege dreadnoughts and mm-hmm. uh, tarantulas and tons of solar auxiliary stuff, the um Land Raiders, Spartans. Um we don't even have like boxes of Lehman Russ or Malkadors or Sakarans or Predators. Like They're all still kind of waiting in the wings, so unless they can get start getting some of this stock out soon, um, it's going to be tricky to get a 3,000 point list that's going to be interesting and is not yeah. just going to be a load Two boxes of tactical marines
1: together, <laughs>
0: yeah, which doesn't feel right, no. um, to me. So I hope that they can sort that out. But altogether, you know, altogether, I'm, I'm I am enjoying um, Legion's Superior. I'm looking forward to getting like three or four games in on the 13th of January at Entoyment. Uh, tickets are f- up for sale on Entoyment's website for those, and we'll probably leave a link in the description as well um, if you do want to attend. It's um, it's it's purely a – it says it's Learn to Play. It's not going to be a tutorial session as such. It's just about getting people into a room together, setting up some nice tables and playing games um, as a community, uh, and as such, the price of the tickets is, is cheap to uh, – basically just pay our overheads and that's about it um but it's it should be quite good to hoping for like you know a dozen people or so might show up to that and play some games and learn off each other and learn together yeah. um after that we've got beachheads um which we need to kind of crack on with um <laughs> get ready um, I, I, I need to paint up some terrain for that are you have you Adding any of your terrain to that as well. I will.
1: We will we'll have to with uh, we'll have all the to. excited uh, people um, signing up. Uh, um,
0: it's always a good way to get your backlog of terrain done. Yeah. <laughs> Just that little bit of pressure to get it done for Beachhead, and then like we'll have tons for like the channel and stuff, which will be quite mm-hmm. good. Um, and that'll be great. That's the largest ever um, UK-based um, AT tournament. Um, last year was. 54, I think we're up to 60 or something now. I can't, can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, it's going to be great, really good fun. And um, the Titanicus community is always awesome. Um, there is a few teams which have expressed that they've had maybe one dropout or something. I, they may have filled them already, but if you were looking to join Beachhead but didn't have a team, um, or the tickets had sold out, jump on our Discord into the Beachhead 2024 channel and you can ask if anybody has got any gaps in their teams or if they need any backups or we can add you to a reserve list. And um, yeah, let, just just let us know. Um, last year, we only had three people drop out and we knew about that two months in advance and they were the only people who didn't turn up, like everybody else attended. So it's always a really well-attended um, mm. event. But obviously, spaces are tight. So um, if you do want to attend, just let, just jump onto the Discord and, and ask about if people got anybody, any spaces. And then you're doing something as well, aren't you?
1: Yes, yes. So uh, what are we looking at now? Possibly April time? Um, early April. Early April. Uh, Good we... tester,
0: actually, if you are planning on going up to uh, the old Warhammer World uh, mm. event and you want to get in a few games of practice before then.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So um, we are looking at running a narrative uh, *Legions Imperialis* event, um, which is always hella exciting. Um, I have been our first narrative event, our first as well. ever narrative event. Yeah, um, I love this sort of stuff uh, <laughs> as a as a dungeon master for, of a long time. You know, writing lore and um, you know making some cool interconnected stuff is uh, is my jam. So have been having really good fun with that. Um, I think the the design philosophy at the moment is stick as close to the, the book rules as possible in terms of missions. Um, and, you know, because people are new still to the game. I think we all are. Uh, even, you know, people that will be TOing will still be relatively new to the game. Um, so we don't want to stray too far from the the rules that are in the book the the missions in the book um but we may might want to add a couple of uh variables to each mission just to add a, a nice narrative effect yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be good fun um possibly look at some you know um winning and losing bonuses for um for the factions the sides traitor and loyalist um depending and, on and this is gonna be round.
0: This is gonna be a specific Legions Imperialis event.
1: Yes, it will not be a, a linked one with uh, AT, um, although that we may be in talks of doing a uh, a linked LI AT event at some point in the future. Um I think this will be our kind of um uh our test run of that. Um with uh, with a narrative event. And if that works out nicely we can, you know, yeah, maybe have some linked narrative stuff uh in the uh, between the two games in the future which i think would be really sick um i think we were talking about you know having effects uh from winning one uh one game affecting the other game and vice versa um so you've got the the macro scale play um uh with uh with at and then the kind of the you know more uh, elite forces in legions imperialis which is funny to see you know to say considering it's armies of them but you know uh so yeah you know i think it's going to be really good fun i've got some um uh some test pages and stuff done already that are looking really nice um yeah Can't yeah
0: wait. i'm definitely going to be nicking those templates just for any event pack mm. that we put out cuz it's just nice just really nice to look at and feels a bit more premium than just a page of a4 made up in word mm. so well done on that respect thank looks you. really well, really
1: good hopefully uh hopefully we'll be able to get it out to everyone um as soon as uh as soon as we're happy with it and yeah. um, a couple of weeks, maybe before the event or something. And um, if you
0: followed our writing competition and uh, our law video on the Legio Maximal, mm-hmm. um, this is going to take place in that same kind of little sector of space that we've started developing is like the channel, channel law, so mm-hmm. to speak.
1: Uh, so it was Ed, wasn't it? that won the, the, one, the yeah. writing competition, Ed Ralph. Um, so uh, a lot of the lore for this uh, because it is taking place in the corsair cr- cluster which was the uh, which was ed's idea for the uh, the backstory of Legion maximal um we're going to actually uh, have it take place in that cluster so um i've been diligently reading and rereading uh, ed's ed's contribution um and it is uh, it is sick and there's a load of uh, cool little uh, things i'm adding in from there to to even affect the the games of legions imperialis so yeah, it's going to be going be real cool.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, just just something different, and I think after we went to Greetings from the Warp, it did kind mm. of scratch a different itch, didn't it? Because there's not quite the same sort of level of competitiveness as I like a bit of competition and stuff. But mm. you know, it's usually a bit more chilled out. And I think until we've really got you know our feet firmly on the ground with Legions Imperialis, like it's um, it's tricky to kind of know how to make it competitive. Um, So, you know, like I say, just sort of finding our feet. And I think keeping it legions specific, we'll have had Beachhead only two months earlier, which will have been a solely AT event. So this one will be solely allied event um, based as well. And maybe we'll get another event out at some point during the rest of the year as well, while we prep for Beachhead, Um, which we might try and do both at Beachhead. 2025?
1: Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Legion,
0: legions and uh, AT, uh, two separate events, probably.
1: The body is weak, but the spirit is willing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. That would be a bit of a nightmare for for tables, but I think we could do it with uh, with all of the support we've gotten from people. Um, on the yeah, we...
0: I, the thing is, is like if we continue to get the terrain that we have been getting together, mm-hmm. um, if we still get the same support with um, from the community with tables for AT, then you know we there's no reason why we couldn't persist AT at the same scale as we've done this year, and also add a probably slightly smaller but still you know not inconsequential amount of uh, of ally as well. Mm-hmm. So. Exciting times. We we wanted to do it this year, didn't we? But as soon as they pushed it back from August, it was just not really possible for not us to kind of mobilize there, it at all. Um I think just before we um wrap up the show for today, um I just want to say a thank you to Kablams. Um he uh, sent us some of his plastic um terrain alternatives. He makes um ruins and other buildings out of the plasticard styrene. And he's currently selling them on, on his website as well. It's it's a very nice alternative to kind of the more traditional sprue plastic um, or MDF. Like I personally love the idea of MDF. I hate working with MDF. Like the smell, the dirt, you know, from the laser cutting and stuff. Is oh, disgusting. I love the
1: smell, but the dirt is a nightmare.
0: Yeah no I just every time my my room smells like a barbecue for about the next <laughs> Oh yeah why don't you want that <laughs> 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 um, but yeah I just want to say a big thank you to Kablams for for sending us that stuff. Um we're going to get um some of that done. I've been meaning to do it for a, a number of weeks but everything's just been so busy over Christmas that um I'm hoping it'll be done and in and it'll have a little corner of the uh, uh, our tables at, uh, at Beachhead. Um but yeah, thank you very much. Um, and of course, that, you know, do check out our other page, our patron, our other sponsors as well. If you are in the the market for terrain, like the GW Ruin sets in particular, are very very nice, but currently out of stock everywhere. So if you are looking for alternatives for ruined terrains, check out Kablams, but also um, check out our sponsors, um, Troublemaker Games. They've got some. I think currently they do one of the best um pound for pound plastic for money uh ruin sets uh on the market um so do check them out as well all of the links are going to be in our descriptions i think are that have you got anything else that you want to say johnny i think that we are coming to a natural close here
1: i think the uh the hangover is is overtaking at this point <laughs> um no, not at all. I'm just very excited to go back inside now and uh, and carry on probably writing some more um, event event stuff. Sounds good. Um, that's gonna be good fun.
0: We did have a um, a request actually um, on our Patreon channel. Um, I put up a, a post about what would people like to see in 2024 mm. for content from us and some ideas. So if you do have ideas of things that you want to see, ideally specific and don't just spam. Um, traitor legions ranked <laughs> we, we know we need to do that one that's we very really much want our to do it too really it's do. Just,
1: it's a lot of you know there's a lot of it's a lot talking. of work
0: yeah yeah um and it's kind of one of those things of like a significant amount of work for one episode or like um the same amount of work could do us two or three mm-hmm. so that's why we've not got around to it up until now but um you know do send us your ideas of stuff that you want to see um additional things content um all that kind of stuff do let us know um if you um oh yeah the, the one thing that the request that's what we were talking about mm. um they want to see a pow at the uh the end of this uh this episode
1: god no i can't i can't do it again i don't know what what, <laughs> what was that thinking. was all about <laughs> no, no, no you know what it was it's because i thought you'd cut off the recording so i was just like oh, okay wicked wow we're done let's go <laughs> Um, and it was still recording and then after that it was also still recording so when I was like going ah yeah
0: yes it was yeah, and I, yeah the false ending to to the show yeah. uh, which I then turned into a Discord sticker um, for you <laughs> thank you um, to fully <laughs> memeify you. you um, but if you do want to be a patron um, then you can check out our, our Patreon channel um, you get um, at certain tiers you can get 10% off BattleBling orders of which we also have an affiliate link so every time you Use our affiliate link to place orders on BattleBling. We also get a very small kickback from BattleBling. All all helps, um, but you can back us from as little as a pound. It all goes massively um, far towards our running costs and maintaining the website, fees, registrations, Discord, um, keeping our gear up to date, so we can remain competitive in the market, getting the newest and um, you know best releases as as and when they're released. Because you know oh. at the end of the day we're not made of money ourselves so we, we try and kind of keep up to date as best as we can but it all helps us kind of support the events and support the battle reports and all of that kind of stuff so those of you who do support us on patreon you are really the cornerstone of what keeps us going keeps us doing this thank you very very much and if you would like to continue uh, if you would like to start um supporting us as well you can do so um, on our patreon account for as little as a quid last but not least like and subscribe it is absolutely free for you to do so, so please just hit that button, hit that bell, hit that like. Every time we get one of those, it just helps raise us up in the old listings. So, uh, um, And why wouldn't you want to get notifications about when the latest Maximal 5 videos are dropping? Because we're awesome. Exactly. No, that's Johnny's yeah. line, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he copyrighted that as well, so you've got to be careful.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, that you announced that we had a we had an end of year Christmas party, didn't we? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. That was quite quite good fun. Mm-hmm. I ran a little quiz um for our Discord's people.
1: You and Johnny um, argued about the quiz for about half the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is the
0: problem when you put two big egos in a in a yeah. room and give them a stage. God but goodness. um that was yeah. lovely. <laughs> 20 Pence uh won it, he's one of our Discord members and he got himself some Maximal Fire merch and um, multiple people who joined also won some uh, vouchers mm. to uh, Battle Bling to spend. Uh, very generously provided by Johnny Corr of, of Battle Bling Store. Um, that was good. Good way to end out the year. Oh, um, for sure. So, but yeah, all of these little things that we try and do for the community is um, um, is all kind of supported by you guys. So thank you very much for doing that. Mm. Um, we also kind of were. Quite humble to find out that some people have put us forward for uh, the hobby uh, Warhammer Heroes. Heroes thing. Yeah, wow, that's um, weird.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, we'd never expect to win anything like that because of how small we are. But like, mm. you know, if if you do enjoy what we do, please put us forward. Uh, if it helps get us on GW's radar a little bit more, helps grow the channel, then that would be amazing. We can't think of, you know, we can't possibly kind of like fathom how much of an impact just having our name kind of in a you know, a published list somewhere. If it's a short list, um, mm. might do to help grow the channel. So, if you want to give us your vote, that would be uh, most appreciated. A um, Little bit embarrassing uh, finding that out, but at the same yeah. time, kind of quite nice and uh, and very humbling. I'm very humble.
1: You are the most humble person I've humble. met. Very humble. Yeah. So humble. God, you're so humble, Alex. The humblest. Yeah. Look, but over his left shoulder. Or right, I don't know if it's gonna be flipped. And you'll see his many awards that he's very uh very meticulously made sure that they are in camera view throughout the entire Can you of the can you tell
0: I've actually had a tidy up in here today? Like look, I've got my my new I've got rid go, my three D printer. And he flexes
1: the the mortgage worth of Titans below.
0: <laughs> I've got I've got my our our Bling logo there for mm-hmm. our sponsors. Uh our, my 3D printer has now been moved out of shot. We've okay, got my yeah. My my loads of loads of reward awards yeah, at the top yeah. there very nice yeah, yeah. show off. yeah so humble. humble. Mm.
1: All
0: right, Johnny, <laughs> are you, you going to give us a proper pow? Come on,
1: okay. I mean, oh man, it was a patron, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got it right. You know, shout yeah, you out to yeah,
0: yeah. No, not right. that we are dancing monkeys. No, but, you know, that, no. But-
1: although, if you know. <laughs> also <laughs> Also, we'll do anything. We'll do again. anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well. Go on then. No, it's at the end, right?
0: Oh, you want to do it after the um the the sign off.
1: Okay, well I can do it now, but that's a little bit awkward, so maybe we should wait it, it for was, the it, post sign off. O-
0: it was a bit awkward before, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed the content. Please do click those buttons, and we'll see you again next time. And always remember to go big, go loud, and stay humble.
1: Pow. (laughs)